0: What's up everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sean Jones NBA show. I'm getting very, very excited because um, the season's almost here. Um, we're just about a week away, so with that being said, it's about that time of year where we do predictions, um, we preview uh, the league as a whole, and I'm actually gonna go through each team, uh, all 30, so even you, you Hornets fans out there, you will get a little segment as well. Um, But with that being said, I'm going to actually break this up into two different parts, two podcasts. Uh, Figured no one had the intention span to listen to one straight through as I go through all 30 teams. Um, But as I look at each team, I'm gonna uh, predict what their record will be, where they will finish in the standings relative to their conference. Uh, some reasons to be optimistic, reasons to be pessimistic, and what the ceiling and floor for each team is this season. So getting right into it, starting off with the Western Conference. As the number one seed in the West for this upcoming season, I have the defending champion, Golden State Warriors. Um, I think they will finish with a record of 56 and 26, which is actually Slightly better than uh, they were last year. They were a 53 win team. However, they did uh, have quite a bit of injuries through that middle part of the season and were <laughs> playing pretty awfully down the stretch uh, a little bit before the, the playoffs started. But they got off to a really hot start last year. They bring back largely the same team, same lineup that they had in the finals last year. Uh, the only major difference is, is that they did add Dante DiVincenzo to replace Gary Payton. Um, additionally, I think a lot of their younger guys are going to get bigger minutes this year. So I look for guys like Moses Moody, Jonathan Kaminga, um, and now James Wiseman, who should be back this year, to all step up, which I think is good for them. They, they need some um, youth infused into this rotation. It's definitely on the older side, outside of uh, guys like Jordan Poole, even Andrew Wiggins is... Um, Still pretty young, but um, certainly wouldn't call him a, uh, I would call him a veteran at this point is more what I'm trying to say. So as far as reasons for optimism, I mean, how could you not be optimistic coming off a championship uh, with the same roster coming back? So um, that alone makes them one of the favorites, if not the favorites, not only in the West, but in the entire league. Um, I also think that, like I said, uh, they were able to win it last year with... Not really any major contributions from any of those young guys outside of Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole, who will obviously continue to improve, has looked great in the preseason. Um, And then as Moody, Kaminga, and Wiseman progress, you'd have to think at least one of them will be able to contribute um, more than they did last year. At least Kaminga did show flashes. So I think that Moody's going to be a pretty good player. and uh while i don't think wiseman will necessarily live up to his draft uh pick number two overall i don't think he'll be a star i do think he'll be a serviceable um big man uh, as soon as this season so additionally they do have clay back for a full season which is big for two reasons one uh they just didn't have him for most of last year i mean he didn't really start playing till about midway through the season and then additionally he's even further removed from the injury i know that um those injuries can often take uh, a year or two to really fully get over them. He clearly didn't really look like himself last year. So who's to say if he ever will really look like himself, um, but if he can even get partially um, there or a little bit more than last season even, but he, he, even if he takes a bit of a step back, um, Jordan Poole could be um, there to pick up the slack there. So it'll be interesting to see the dynamic there if, Pool is sort of the um, the guy playing down the stretch. I think they'll both play a lot in crunch time, but it'll be interesting to see who's getting more shots, who's scoring more points, et cetera. Also, I think their bench should be improved, and this will just be a byproduct of those young guys potentially stepping up. Um, additionally, I do like the addition of Dante DiVincenzo Vincenzo. He played some very big minutes on the Bucks over the past few seasons before getting shipped off to Sacramento. Uh, but he's a—he's he, not great in anything. He's not an, a lockdown defender, not a knockdown shooter, but he's capable at all those things. So um, he, he can make open threes and he's not a liability on defense by any means, but I do like him overall. So as far as reasons for pessimism, um, while they should have an improved bench, it's also a very unproven bench. Um, Kaminga, Moody, and Wiseman have not really shown anything thus far. Kaminga did play some minutes last year, but nothing too significant. Um, Moody really didn't play much at all, except for when they had a lot of injuries. And Wiseman was out pretty much the whole year. So, Additionally, I do think that the league has improved since last season. So although they did win the championship last year, Um, I'm a big proponent of if you didn't improve your team in the offseason, then you got worse. Um, I do think they're probably slightly improved, so I'm I'm not saying they got worse or anything, but when there's other teams getting all-star players back from injury, obviously the competition is going to be a little stiffer moving forward, particularly in the West um, with guys like Kawhi and uh, Jamal Murray, Zion Williamson coming back. And then lastly, this has to be addressed obviously um <laughs> the tension between jordan pool and draymond green appears to be real uh we saw the video there i wonder if uh that could linger into the season i think it'll be fine initially um they'll try to be buddy buddy but as they get into situations throughout the season where uh, maybe pool's not trying as hard as on defense and draymond is not happy about it um or whatever it may be, guys butt heads throughout the season when they're uh, competing at the highest level. So I could see it resurfacing in some capacity. There's also the idea that this could be a lame duck season for Draymond as he could be out of Golden State if they don't want to give him an extension. But with Poole and Wiggins due for extension soon, it does appear that he would be uh, the the least priority among those three to get re-signed. So who knows if that's going to have any difference. He also definitely showed some signs of uh, Decline last season, while he still was good at times, he was a major liability at other times. So, as far as their ceiling, um, (laughs) I think this one's pretty obvious. Going back to back, winning the championship again is certainly on the table. So, I'd put that as their um, best case scenario for next season. As far as their floor and what the worst case scenario might be, I do think. In, I'm gonna preface that all of these floors are not. It's assuming at least relatively good health. Like, obviously, if Clay, Steph, and Draymond all get hurt, they're going to be awful. So um, I definitely don't want (laughs) to talk that kind of hypothetical with any of these teams, unless they have players that are really, really injury-prone. But assuming they're relatively healthy, I think their floor really is about a 4 or 5 seed. Um, And then maybe a a first-round exit against... But if they got 4 or 5 against a, a really tough team... Um, tough matchup, but likely their floor is probably like a second round exit um, as their worst case um, And then probably realistic where they'll end up is somewhere in the middle um, They could go back to the finals They could likely go to the Western Conference Finals Just really will depend on matchups in the West because it, it's really, really deep this year So so up next as the two seed in the Western Conference I have the LA Clippers Uh, finishing with a record of 54 and 28. So they were 42 and 40 last year, but obviously there's a big uh, caveat to that. Uh, Both uh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George were injured throughout the whole season. Kawhi did not play um, a single game. (laughs) Uh, And then Paul George only played 31 games. So they were really injury-prone, so it's no surprise that they weren't that good. It was honestly impressive that they were even able to have the record they did. Uh, kudos to Ty Lue for coaching that team up. But they've hover, hovered around a 50-win team for both of the two seasons um, that they've had with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George for last year, obviously, where they did go down to 42 wins. But this team is absolutely loaded Um They should have a starting lineup of John Wall, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Marcus Morris, and Zubats, but I think probably the most impressive part of this team is not their starting lineup, which is saying something because that's a pretty good starting lineup, but they are so deep. I mean, they have Reggie Jackson, Norman Powell, Luke Kennard, Robert Covington, Nicholas Batum, and that's that's 10 men right there before they even get to the Terrence Manns of the world and Um, even the end of the bench isn't so bad but yeah they're freaking stacked man they I think honestly the bigger issue is that they might have too many guys they might need to consolidate people and um, but yeah they're going to be really good they bring largely back the same team except for adding John Wall and they actually will have Powell and Covington for an entire season as well as obviously getting back their two-star players in George and Leonard So as far as reasons to go optimistic, a lot of things I just talked about, they might have the best top 12. They might have the best roster top to bottom in the NBA. Um, Certainly they're in the conversation, but additionally, I really liked the John Wall ad. I think that their biggest weakness, in my opinion, other than health the past few seasons, has been just a lack of another ball handler or playmaking guard really reggie jackson was the only reliable one they've had and then they've had a lot of wing guys but not really guys you you want putting the ball on the floor making plays for others like marcus morris you certainly don't want him uh having those duties luke canard batum these are all guys you want more in a catch and shoot kind of role so john wall should help with that um i We'll see how good he is i'm not sure how good he's going to be he still looked at least relatively decent last time we saw him playing with houston so i don't anticipate that he's going to have some major drop off from that i think he could average somewhere on 13 14 a game seven assists but that would be big for them anyway they haven't really had any sort of consistent lead guard as reggie jackson's more of a a uh, chucker (laughs) as far as trying to get his own shot not as much setting up other guys but Obviously, having PG and Kawhi back healthy, uh, that one speaks for itself. And honestly, I might have had them as the favorites for the season, if not for health concerns. It, George and Leonard have both have extensive injury histories, not only just with uh, the Clippers since they've gotten there, but with their previous teams as well. Both of them have missed full seasons with the team they uh, teams they've played with in the past. So it's a real concern, for sure. So that gets into the reason for pessimism. How many games is Kawhi going to play? Even if he stays healthy, are they going to load manage him? And that's probably why I have them at the two seed as opposed to the one seed. I I think they're probably the best team in the West, better than the Warriors. But just given that I know he's probably going to play 60 to 65 games max, I think that puts a cap on their regular season record and how good they can be. And then also how many games will Paul George play? We've seen him have been up and down with um, games played, but he has (laughs) really not played a lot of games over the last few years as well. Like I said, 31 last year, 54 the year before, 48 the year before that. So he's been the opposite of durable since getting to LA. And then we also have to just call out that they've had a history of choking in the playoffs. We saw them blow the 3-1 lead in the bubble they'd never even made the Western Conference Finals before that. Um, Two years ago, they did make the Western Conference Finals, which probably is where they were going to max out without Kawhi. So um, they're probably over that. I do think that the coaching change helped. So I'm a big Ty Lue guy. I really trust him um, to get the best out of his team, especially in the playoffs and especially if he's got star players. And then this is probably nitpicking because of their style play, but They don't really have any backup bigs. Zubats is really their only true center on the team that's going to get any minutes. But that probably won't matter just because I think most teams are going to have to adjust to them, at least that's what we've seen over the last few years. Um, We saw them completely play Rudy Gobert off the court, even without Kawhi Leonard. So I think their ceiling is probably NBA champions. I mean, I've been down on them in past years. A few years ago when it was kind of the, who do you prefer, like, Clippers or Lakers when the Lakers ended up winning it. I was team Lakers that whole season just because they were so good defensively and uh, I still wouldn't take LeBron over anybody back then. But I'm officially bought in on the Clippers this year. Um, I see no reason why they wouldn't be able to win it all if they stay healthy. They've got a guy in Kawhi Leonard who's won a championship with two different teams. He's been final MVP on two different teams. Um, Paul George has been a, he's had his playoff struggles to say the least Um, (laughs) way off P Um, but I think we saw him kind of overcome that in 2021 um, in that playoff run to the Western Conference Finals. He really did play very well uh, in that, in those playoffs, especially against the Suns in the Western Conference Finals. So I think that they're probably over those um, struggles, but who knows. As far as their floor, um, obviously, their, their major floor is if Kawhi and Paul George just don't play a lot of games. But assuming they're at least relatively healthy, I think they'd be no lower than a four or five seed. I know similarly to where they were two years ago um, when they were the four seed. And I don't really think I would see them losing first round unless someone was hurt. But um, so I'd probably say their their floor is maybe second round. I think the second round of the West playoffs is going to get pretty tough, um, but I don't see them being any worse than that um, for this upcoming season. So next at the three seed in the West, I've got the Denver Nuggets finishing with a record of 53 and 29. So they went 48 and 34 last season, but um, they were really injured (laughs) obviously Um, So it was honestly really impressive that they even um, finished there. But just looking at their uh, last few seasons, they had 47 wins in 2021, 46 in 2020, um, 54 in 2019. So they've hovered around that 50-win pace. And in 2020 and 2021, those obviously were shortened seasons, so they likely would have gotten 250 wins had they played a full 82-game schedule. But as far as their team this year... Uh looks a little bit different. They did have that trade of Monte Morris and um, Will Barton for KCP uh, and Ishmith. I don't think Ishmith's going to play a major role in this team, but uh, KCP should be a good fit in that starting lineup. Um, but it'll really be the first time they've got this team full strength in a long time with Jamal Murray, KCP, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, and uh, Jokic, obviously. Their bench is interesting as well. Um, Bones Highland has looked really good in the preseason. Um, I know they're counting on him to take a big step up. They probably wouldn't have made the Monty Morris trade if they weren't certain that he could provide um, more than he did last season at the very least. I did like their signing of Bruce Brown. Uh, They bring back Jeff Green, who is approaching 40, but I feel like he hasn't really declined at all. He's been a very solid um, 7th, 8th guy in a rotation on winning teams over the past five years or so. Then they've got this Zeke Naji guy who I don't know much about, but <laughs> I've heard they're, they're uh, pretty high on him. Uh, and then obviously they've got DeAndre Jordan as their backup center. So reasons for optimism. The main one being that Jokic pretty much gets you to 45 wins all on his own. We've seen them be consistently at that. They've won at least 45 games for five straight seasons and that's been with a mixed bag of um, supporting casts and a lot of injuries and whatnot. So they won 48 last year. There's absolutely no reason to think that they wouldn't be better than that win total this year, given that they have Murray and Porter Jr. back. Porter, I hopefully he, he plays better than last year. He was just atrocious when he played. I mean, I think it only was played around 10 games or so last year. But his, he was having major back issues, so I'm going to give him benefit of the doubt that that was affecting his play. Uh, and then Murray, I have no idea how good he's going to be. Uh, he obviously is going to help regardless, even if he's uh, a little worse than he was. But it, it's always tough coming off, off those injuries. You never really know how uh, long it'll take to get back to full strength, though I will say it's been <laughs> longer than normal. I mean, he... He hurt himself, not last season, but the season before. So, it's been like a year and a half at this point. I can't imagine that by season's end he wouldn't be at least close to what he was before. But again, Murray's certainly not never been an All Star level player. He's a he's a good player, but um, I don't want to act like they're getting some All NBA guy back. But he obviously helps. I mean, he's the by far their second best player, um, and huge for what they do offensively. As far as reasons for pessimism, their backup big depth is not great. Um, this is one of those things where that could either matter a ton or may not matter at all. If Jokic was to miss time, it would matter a lot. But obviously, he has been very durable over the last few years, so there's no real reason to think that he would miss too much time. Um, and he's obviously not going to share the floor with any other centers. So uh, DeAndre Jordan is... I don't, he's pretty unplayable at this point. I don't really know why teams keep signing him to be anything more than just a a 12th guy. Um, And then the the Najee guy, I have very little knowledge on this guy. He's got basically no um, experience playing the NBA in uh, actual big minutes, but... They're raving about him, so we'll see. I, I won't doubt their opinion on him. They've done a really good job of developing players there, so um, who knows? He could turn out to be something good. But um, reason for pessimism, again, is just how good will Porter and Murray be? I don't really know. Um, I, I already kind of touched on this, so I won't uh, beat the dead horse there. But we can't just assume they'll be right back, at least right away, to how good they were before. I do think that they have some defensive liabilities in their best five lineup. Um, Jamal Murray has never been a very good defender. Um, And then coming off injury, um, that's normally the side of the ball that gets affected a little bit more um, when you're coming back from those kinds of injuries. So it certainly could affect him, and he already wasn't great to begin with. Michael Porter Jr. really needs to work on that end of the ball. He was... They were just attacking, attacking, attacking him in the playoffs uh, two years ago when he when he was playing against the Suns. Chris Paul, I think, switched on on him <laughs> like five or six straight possessions and scored literally every single time. So um, he needs to work on that end. So I question how great they can be defensively. I think they can still be pretty good defensively. Jokic has certainly improved there. KCP is a good defender. Aaron Gordon can be a good defender when he's engaged. Um, and then they've got some. Bruce Brown should be a, a good piece on that end of the ball as well. But um, I certainly wouldn't expect them to be some sort of juggernaut on that end. And then lastly, I think Bones Highland, um, a lot of their season is going to come down to him. Can he be a reliable third guard? We saw him in flashes last year, but is he more of a. Is he going to have a uh, manual quickly type second season where you still see the flashes, but it's not consistent or is he going to have a um, Jordan Poole Tyrese Maxey second season where he kind of breaks out into that um, really good guard up the depth or guard off the bench so we'll see for their ceiling I think they could be the number one seed I mean they've been a top three four seed every year they've been healthy they were a two seed at one point I don't see anything, any reason why they couldn't compete for the number one seed. I'm sure they feel like they have something to prove with guys coming back from injuries and not being full strength in the playoffs the past few years. And honestly, looking really bad in the playoffs the past few years because of it. Do I think they could get to the finals? Maybe. I think if things broke right, they could. I don't think I would have them in my top three most likely teams to make it in the West. Um, so I, I don't know. I certainly think they can make the Western Conference Finals, but um, I think it'll come down to matchups and what teams are healthy and who's playing well at the time. So I, I certainly would don't think they can win the championship by any means. I'll say that as well. So in terms of their floor, West is really tough this year. So five, six seed, um, maybe down to seven, but I, I I don't think they'll be that low. I think they're one of the sure bets to be a top four, five seed in the West this year and terms of their floor they could have first round exit i mean they've been really good in the regular season in the Jokic era but they've also been pretty underwhelming in the playoffs throughout this time um they've looked awful in their exits the last two years um three years ago they were impressive beating the clippers but then the year before that they lost as a two seed and the favorite um as well in the second round and they went seven games against the seven seed spurs um additionally so we'll see but um overall i think that Nuggets are going to be very solid maybe not true true contenders but um a really tough out for anybody uh, that they'll play in the playoffs and a great regular season team so up next at the four seed we have my beloved phoenix suns um i think they will finish with a record of 53 and 29 they bring back largely the same team um The major differences being that they will not have Jay Crowder and they do not have um, JaVale McGee. So Cameron Johnson will be inserted into the starting lineup with their other four of Paul, Booker, Bridges, and Aiton that have been um, very solid as a unit over the past two years. Their bench, uh, like I said, they did lose McGee and Johnson is now elevated to the starting lineup. So they do have some new faces here compared to the past few years. But Cameron Payne, Landry Shamit. Torrey Craig, Dario Saric, who they get back from uh, injury, and then Jock Landale, um, who they acquired from um, Atlanta, I believe, who was originally then acquired from um, San Antonio in the DeJounte-Murray trade. So as far as reasons for optimism with this team, um, they've been just really, really, really good over the past two seasons. They've had the best record in the NBA in that span. They had 51 wins in the shortened season two years ago, which was one game behind the uh, best record in the league. And then last year, they were 64-18 and and had a better record than anyone in the league by a full eight games. So they have completely dominated the NBA from a regular season standpoint over the past two years. And obviously, they made the finals two years ago. They definitely had a little bit of injury luck. um, And then last year, they definitely fell short Um, against 18 that uh, definitely was worse than them on paper so but additionally i think there will be internal improvement across the board a lot of their main guys are still pretty young um ayton just turned 24 i believe mikhail bridges is 25 cam johnson is 25 or 26 and booker is actually still 25 which is crazy to think that um how long he's been in the league and still only only 25 but yeah, all those guys, 25, 26 or younger, um, there's no reason to think they can't improve. Aiton and uh, Bridges have looked uh, very, very good in the preseason thus far. Um, looks like both of them could potentially take a step up on offense. Also, it sounds like Monty Williams is uh, willing to loosen the leash on some guys. Over the past few years, they've been very conservative in terms of uh, who's allowed to do what. <laughs> guys like Cam Johnson and Bridges were not, did not have the freedom to bring the ball up or attack off the dribble as much as it sounds like they're going to this year. Monty has made a point to say that he's going to allow them to do that a little bit more this year, and they can really just have anyone bring the ball up um, other than Nate probably in the starting lineup, Uh, which means they're probably going to let Chris Paul rest a little bit more, which is going to be good for him. He's broken down over the last two years, as he has in almost every year of his career. Last year really fell apart against the Mavs in the last few games, and then the year before in the finals, he didn't really look like himself either. So I think that rest is going to be key, um, and not just for allowing him to be fresher for the playoffs, but also so that other guys can get reps so that if he does fall off in the playoffs, that they, they're they ready to step up in the, uh, in the playoffs. Also, this is obviously a battle-tested team. They've got some good playoff experience over the past few years, despite being very young and also i know they don't have crowder but they're going to get someone for crowder um, they're not just yeah they're not going to just going to have him sit all year so this team the rosters aren't really complete at this point i don't know if it's going to be this week if it's going to be 2 months from now i know that there's another pool of players that can be traded um, on december 15th for players who signed this offseason. so maybe with the expanded pool Um, they'll make a deal at that point in the season but either way they will get something back for Crowder which obviously is going to help them but as far as reasons for pessimism um, I mean they lost McGee and they don't have Crowder right now so at least in the interim um, they don't have that rotation piece and they really didn't add anybody (laughs) um, to replace those guys I mean Landell who they added has never really been in a real NBA rotation before he certainly is not Um, does not have the pedigree that McGee does as a backup. And then they do get Sarge back, but he is coming off a pretty gnarly injury. So who knows how good he's going to be. He did get to play overseas a little bit during Eurobasket, but makes results over there. He had some decent games, had some bad games. So um, I don't know how much of an impact he's going to be able to make right away, but maybe as the year goes on, he'll be able to contribute a little bit more. Obviously, Chris Paul is one year older. And at this point, he might not be consistent enough to be an all-star. Um, he certainly can play like an all-star at times. Um, but does he have the um, consistency and the energy to do it uh, on a gamely basis? Probably not, which is why they will need other guys to step up. So if guys don't step up, um, then it certainly um, is going to hurt this team in the long run. Additionally, until they get the that Crowder replacement, their bench has potential to be Pretty, pretty bad. I mean, Cameron Payne was a total shell of what he was the year before. Last season, he was not good. Shamit did not have a good season for them. Torrey Craig, who really did contribute big uh, big time to this team on their finals run, (laughs) did not contribute much at all last year. Sarge is coming off the injury and Landell's never been a rotation player, so... A lot of question marks there. Um, <laughs> they've got assets to improve, not only for trade trading Crowder, but they've got all their picks. So um, they can make deals if it's bad. I think they will make deals. We'll see. Um, but for now, the bench also has looked awful in the preseason, getting consistently unplayed. Um, so I'm a little worried on that front. And then just the rubber Sarver stuff could be a distraction potentially. I don't think it really will. I mean, when the Clippers went through this a few years ago, um, or not a few years ago, it was that close to 10 years ago at this point, um, it, they didn't really suffer performance-wise. So Chris Paul's been through this before. It seems like the most people are probably happy that it's happening anyway. It would have been probably more of a distraction if he hadn't um, been selling the team or looking to sell the team. But I don't think it'll be a big deal, but just thought I'd bring that up as well. In terms of their ceiling, I mean, I think they could get back to the finals. Um, I think they're probably going to need to make additions before I could say they could win the championship. Um, I think if they can at least get a crowder replacement, I think finals is realistic. If they don't get a a good Krader replacement or something happens where um, he just holds out and they can't find something, so that they just keep him and he never plays, then. I don't know. I think they might be hard-pressed to get back to the finals, but they're going to be good regardless. I think they'll be a top-four seed and um, at least get to the second round and could easily get to the conference finals. As far as their floor, I I mean, I could see them falling to the five or six seed, um, certainly just because the West isn't very much improved. Um, And uh, we just saw them lose to the Mavericks last year in the second round. Based on the West this year, There's a possibility they could play the Mavericks in the first round. And if they lost them before, they could lose them again. So I certainly think that a first-round exit is not off the table for this team. Um, I think they've got one of the bigger um, gaps between their floor and ceiling this season just in terms of playoff finish. I think they're a lock to make the playoffs, but as far as how far they get, um, pretty volatile um, possibilities for this team. Speaking of those Dallas Mavericks and potentially playing the Suns in the first round, um, up next at fifth, I do have the Dallas Mavericks. So, <laughs> in this scenario, they actually would play the Suns in the first round. Um, but I have the, the Mavericks going fifty and thirty-two. Uh, they went fifty-two and thirty last year. But I think they'll um, win a few less games, but largely be the same team. I mean, last year they were the four seed. I have them as the five seed this year. Two wins, two less wins, not a big deal that's more just a byproduct of the West being a little better this year and the league being a little better with a lot of stars coming back from injuries. So, um, in terms of what the roster looks like, they added JaVale McGee. Um, they did lose Jalen Brunson. Um, they're getting Tim Hardaway Jr. Back and they did trade for Christian Wood as well. Um, but other than that, the roster is largely the same. We know it's Luca with a bunch of shooters. Um, and then they did add some, um, guys down low with McGee and they still have Powell as well. So reasons for optimism. The main one for me is Luca just might be the best player in the world as soon as this season. Um I don't think anyone will call him that now. I think Giannis has got that title, but would we be shocked if Luca won M V P and went insane and it's just he looks like he's in way better shape to start the season than he has been in years past. Looks phenomenal over the summer playing overseas, so Luca is really the main piece of optimism here. He is a otherworldly talent and I think a top two or three player in the league right now, probably also I, they've got a ton of shooting on this team between Dorian Finney, Dorian Finney Smith, Reggie Bullock, um, Tim Hardaway Jr., Davis Bertans, Maxi Kleber, They've Christian Woody can shoot a little bit. Um, Din Woody's not consistent, but certainly he's capable of knocking down shots. And then, Luca, same sort of thing. Not necessarily a super knockdown three-point shooter, but he can make it in anybody's face at any given time. So, I do have a little bit more reasons for pessimism for this team. I have question marks about who's going to step up with Brunson gone. Um, I know they added Wood, who's... I guess acts is sort of a replacement, but it's not really a one-for-one one just because they play super different positions. So I think that they're going to miss the... Um, reliable ball handler that Brunson was and shot creator um, because it really took pressure off Luca especially when Lucas' on the bench just having someone out there that can do that really the only guy they have that can do that now is uh, Dinwoody and maybe Hardaway a little bit but Hardaways more of a catch-and shoot guy still and Dinwiddie is just not as efficient in that role as a guy like Brunson is dinwiddie has been a um, really up-and-down three-point shooter throughout his career, not someone you really want um, as a main ball handler, except for maybe leading a second unit. But So I do have question marks there. Um, and I think, like I said, Luka isn't going really good enough to overcome a lot of this and win a lot of games, but I think that without another ball handler, it does put a ceiling on this team. Also, there's reports that JaVale McGee is going to start um, <laughs> over Christian Wood, I presume. Uh, and that Christian Wood would be the sixth man which I'm not a huge fan of that rotation move um, I guess their lineup is probably going to be Luka, Dinwiddie, Bullock Finney-Smith and McGee I personally would rather start um, Wood at center um, and move McGee to the bench and I know they'd be a little worse defensively but maybe they could bring Dinwiddie off the bench instead and um, because, see, I know he's not great on defense. But I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of that. I think why you trade for Christian Wood if you're going to just... Like, you want him playing with Luca. Like, they, they, they're they going to be a really good pick-and-roll combo. Um, and McGee has played with second units for basically his whole career and has thrived in that role. I think McGee and Dinwiddie would be a good combo off the bench, whereas um, I think Wood and Luca is a better combo. But regardless, I don't know. Um, McGee did have a really good year last year, but he's obviously got limitations. He, um, especially when it comes to playing in the playoffs. So, and then lastly, I just don't really know if they improved much from last year. I think their roster is worse overall. I think I would have them maybe in the play-in if I wasn't so high on Luca. Just I think this roster is a play-in roster, but I just think that Luka is so good that I, um, I think he's going to elevate them to um, around the four to six range in terms of seeding. For their ceiling, would it be shocked if they got the three or four seed? No, I would not. Um, but I do kind of think there's ceiling second-round exit this year. I know they went further last year, but I think the West is just better. Um, do I think that... I mean, they're probably going to have to beat two of the Suns, Nuggets, Clippers, and Warriors to make the Western Conference Finals. And do I think they can beat two of them? I don't. I think mean, they could beat one of them um, and get to second round, but... I don't see how they're going to beat two of those teams um, in consecutive series. Um, For their floor, they certainly could be a play-in team. No question about it, 7 or 8 seed. I'd be pretty shocked if they didn't win in the play-in if they were there just because winner take all, you got Luka on the court. I don't don't know if any team's going to have a good counter for that, but I think their floor uh, in terms of the playoffs would just be losing first round, not in the play-in though. Up next, uh, at the sixth seed, we've got the Los Angeles Lakers. So I'm sure many of you heard my spiel on them um, on my 10 Unpopular Opinions podcast, where I actually think they will be a little bit better than people think. So I won't get as in detail as I did on that one. Um, Check that out if you want to hear a little bit more in-depth on them. But... This is definitely a little higher than most teams have them. I'm buying into it again. I. <laughs> this is probably the last time I'll ever. If, if they, <laughs> if they fuck up the season again and dudes get injured left and right, then I I'm over. I'm not doing it again. I'm not gonna get sucked into the LeBron and Anthony Davis fantasy. Um, <laughs> but. I like their roster a little bit better than last year. Um, I think Pat Bev was a good pickup. I think Austin Reeves has looked really good in preseason, and I think he's going to get more playing time. I would love to see him start um, alongside AD, uh, Pat Bev, LeBron, and Westbrook. I think Kendrick Nunn is going to be a big addition for them. I know he was on the team last year but didn't play a single game. People forget he was a 15-point-per-game score on a playoff team uh, just two years ago and three years ago when he was on the Heat. Um, Thomas Bryan is at least better than what you're getting out of, like a Dwight Howard. And Schroeder is what he is. We don't need to overrate or underrate him like people tend to do. He's fine. He can score, but he's, yeah, he's fine. But reasons to be optimistic. LeBron and Anthony Davis are back healthy. They have played at a extremely high win percentage um, when they play together um, on the Lakers. So if they can both stay relatively healthy, there's no reason why they shouldn't be able to still do that, even though the roster is a little bit worse than um, when they have been healthy in the past. I do think Darvin Ham is going to utilize Russ a little differently. We've heard him say all the right things by making using him more as a cutter, um, limiting his jump shooting except for corner threes, and then um, focusing more on defense. We'll see if that comes to fruition, but um, at least he's saying all the right things at this point. Mm-hmm. Additionally, If Westbrook can't work out, they have the assets to move in and improve the roster. So if you think about it, there's no scenario in which Russ is a disaster again, and they're just like, oh, yeah, oh, well. Like, they will trade him. (laughs) If they're under five games under 500 in December, like, they're going to trade him, like, as soon as they can. So that's why I think there's two routes here. Either they – Russ is bad, and they trade him, and they improve. Or Russ is maybe good, and at that point, then they're pretty good. So, um, yeah, I I don't know which route it's gonna be. I think they'll it'll be a little uh, better with Russ, but unless something change, it changes. It clearly hasn't worked out. So reasons for pessimism, obviously Russ is one. <laughs> um, they have virtually no shooting, which is terrifying in today's NBA. Um, Pat Bev can make threes. Reeves can, can make threes. Neither of them are consistent knockdown guys. Westbrook can't shoot. LeBron's average shooter. Davis has been atrocious as a jump shooter um, the past year or two. Shooter's a bad shooter. Lonnie Walker can't really shoot. <laughs> Kendrick Dunn is fine, but he's average. So I'm not really sure who their best shooter even is. You know, it might be LeBron, which is definitely concerning, but uh, <laughs> we'll see. Also, their wings uh, defense could be an issue. I'm not really sure who's gonna guard the opposing team's best scorer. It's not gonna be Davis, because he's too big. They don't want it to be LeBron, because obviously he's gotta conserve energy for offense. Austin Reeves is an okay defender, but he's certainly not locked down. Pat Bev is a good defender, but he's small, so I'm not sure he's gonna be able to guard a Kawhi Leonard uh, (laughs) in a playoff series, for example. And then their bench is just, they don't have any above-average defenders. Lonnie Walker, Walker is fine. He's average at best. Um, and, yeah, they've got guards and bigs, but their wing is super um, thin. And then, lastly, the injury concerns are there. Um, and their their roster, 5 through 10, is pretty awful. So if there is injuries, I mean, if AD or LeBron miss half a season they're totally toast they're done they're not going to make the playoffs they have zero chance but i am banking on them being relatively healthy if they are not healthy again i will assume they will never be healthy again (laughs) and i will never pick them again but in terms of their ceiling i'm honestly not sure i think they could do i think they could make the second round maybe again in a playoff series with a, a fully healthy lebron and a fully healthy ad do I think they could beat anyone in a uh, first round series? Maybe not anybody, but most teams, I think they could on paper. Um, so I don't know. They have the the most unknown ceiling in the league, in my opinion. And then their floor is just putridly low. I mean, they could, their likely floor is a play, on te- play in team, um, but they missed it last year. So it's just hard not to say that they couldn't miss it again. But I think obviously. Them not making the playoffs is certainly on the table, um, and no one would be shocked if that happened. So coming in at the seventh seed, I've got the Memphis Grizzlies at 48 and 34. Um, and sorry, I think I did not say the Lakers record. I have them at 49 and 33. So just one game ahead of the Grizzlies. I think that all of these teams are going to be bunched uh, close together. But if you heard my Unpopular Opinions podcast, you also heard that I am very low on the Grizzlies this year. So I do have them coming in as the 7th seed, which would mean that they are in the plan this year after being the 2 seed last year. They won 56 games last year, so this would be quite a drop-off. 8 games. Um, it's it's not like 8-game drop-off doesn't happen All the time, but anything more than that would be pretty uh, shocking, I think, just because it is tough to have a similar roster and just have that big of a difference from year to year, unless there's injuries or something. But uh, they bring back largely the same team, except for um, they did lose a few guys. They lost Kyle Anderson to free agency, they traded away. Anthony Melton for Danny Green, who is injured and won't play at all this year. So, um, really, the only return on that was just the first round pick that um, they got. They did draft a few guys in the latter half of the draft, but I'm not sure how much they will contribute this year. But, reasons for optimism I think um, internal development from Desmond Bain and Zaire Williams is very likely. Um, I'm a big, big Bane fan. I think he could be Klay Thompson 2.0. He's a consistent, well above 40% three-point shooter, which is really rare. There's not a lot of guys who are hitting that mark consistently, consistently, other than uh, the Splash Brothers and then maybe Seth Curry, JJ Reddick, guys like that. So really, like, the best of the best. So he's already there, um, and he's only going to get better. He's already displayed a lot more... um, ball handling and playmaking that I thought he was capable of and he's definitely held his own on defense as well. Zara Williams definitely showed some uh, promise last year. He wasn't consistent as a shooter um, shooting in the low 30s but um, he was pretty good considering how raw he was in college. Um, He definitely was playing decent minutes for them uh, even late in the season so I would not be surprised at all if he took a big step up. Obviously the Grizzlies whole Thing is, internal development that is what they're best at, that's what they've done with all their other guys. So, I don't doubt that he will be able to also um, take at least a, a little bit of a step up this coming year. Additionally, John Moran is awesome, um, we all know that. So, he puts a pretty high floor on them as a team. I would be really surprised if they miss the playoffs just because of Jaw. <laughs> um, and yeah and additionally also putting a floor on them is taylor jenkins he has been just insanely good as a coach over the last few years probably hasn't gotten enough credit um was as deserving as anyone for coach of the year last year i know monty williams won it who uh, was very deserving and probably if monty had won it the year before which he very easily could have um over uh then i bet jenkins would have won it but it was One of those like two year awards where, like, well, we can't have Monty coming second two years in a row um, when he was deserving. But yeah, Jenkins is great. Although I do have a lot of um, concerns, um, reasons for pessimism. Like I said, they did lose Melton and Anderson, and they really didn't replace them with any proven NBA talent whatsoever. And so that's kind of where I'm getting at with some of the pessimism is that someone's got to play those minutes, they got to get those points from somewhere. So they're going to be relying on a lot of late-round rookies um, or internal guys to improve. I mean, John Conchar should get more minutes this year, but he's never been a a full-time rotation guy on an NBA team before. There are two first-round picks, Jake Laravia and David Roddy. um, I don't expect them to contribute much this year considering they were late first-round picks, and typically those guys – uh, don't come in as rookies and are good on playoff teams right away additionally both of them were really not projected to go um, that early in the draft i think i know david roddy was definitely a second round pick projection and laravia was i think a first round pick but a little bit later than where they took him so who knows if they're ready but if they're not ready then they might struggle with some of their depth um, and guys like tyce jones and brandon clark could certainly step up but those guys aren't star players. They're going to be nothing more than solid role guys. So I also do not think they have a reliable second star. And like I said, I am high on Bain, but he's not He's not an all-star. Um, if you look at the second best player on all the top teams in the West, they're all all-stars. Every team's got two all-stars basically except for um, the Mavericks. But Luka is maybe a top three player, so that's why it doesn't really matter. I don't think Jaws is really at that level yet, to be honest with you, so. Um, and if it's not Bane, then a lot of people might say Jaron Jackson Jr., but he is going to miss a huge chunk of the season, and really, he's he's always injured. Um, he's averaged about 50 games a season over the last few years, and that number is not gonna go up this year, most likely, just because he is already, uh, hurt again and had surgery in the off season. so I don't even know when he's gonna come back, to be honest, but, um... They're certainly going to miss him, and even on top of that, I think Jackson in general is pretty overrated. He's a, a extremely bad rebounder for his size. He's an inconsistent shooter at best. He was low thirties last year. He has no playmaking or um, shot creation ability on offense. He's a foul machine. While he is a great rim protector, um, he's one of the highest uh, has one of the highest foul rates in the league. I think he was. Close to four fouls a game for his career, which is really high. And we saw him have struggled with this in the playoffs as well. So, I also just don't think they have a top six roster in the West. I think that they've got one really good player. They've got a lot of good role players. But I I don't know if they're going to be able to overcome the Jackson injury and um, some of the guys that they lost from last season. In terms of their ceiling, (laughs) I know I just shit on them uh, for – 5-10 minutes, but I could see them being a top seed again. I mean, they were the two seed last year, so I didn't see that coming. Could they be the two seed again? And I don't see that coming short. Sure. Um, but I don't think they're really true contenders. Could they make the Western Conference Finals? Probably. I think they could. Um, do I think they can make the finals? I would say absolutely not. I don't think they can beat three top teams in the in the West this year. In terms of their floor, um, I mean, a playing team, I know I have them in seventh. Could they finish eighth or ninth? I do think that would be on the table. Um, but I, I think they would make the playoffs just because they're proven. There's some other teams in their this range that are less proven, less experienced, um, maybe not as well coached. So I think that they would make the playoffs, barring injuries, for sure. But I think that they easily could lose first round, and I think that's where their floor is. So up next, we have the 8-seed New Orleans Pelicans. Um, they were the 8-seed last year as well uh, by virtue of the plan. They actually were 36-46, and 46, um, quite a bit out of the 8-seed, but not really a fair record considering they didn't get CJ McCollum until uh, the trade deadline, and then Zion didn't play a single game for them. So I have them finishing at 47-35. and 35. Um, So quite a big jump from last year, but I think... I mean, they're adding back a 27-point-per-game score on 60%. <laughs> and Zion looks super healthy. He looks fit. He looks in shape. Um, I think he's motivated. They have the best roster they've had around him since he's been there. Um, they are, uh, have McCollum back for a full season now. And I really like their roster. They didn't really have any additions this season. But just getting Zion back... Um, full-time and then having McCollum for a whole year should be enough of an additional loan as well as the internal development of some guys. So I think having those two guys back is going to add five to 10 wins on its own. CJ, uh, when they had him last year, they were above 500 despite that bad record they had. I believe they started one and 12 last season and Ingram missed some time as well. So if you take that out, they were really a 500 team last year. Um, And then when you look at just when CJ was there, they were above 500. So adding Zion should make a difference. They also have a ton of young guys that could easily improve. We've seen Zion look phenomenal. Could he be even better? I don't see why not. He's still super young. Um, I think he's, what, 23 now, something like that. Brandon Ingram is still young as well. He's improved uh, as the years have gone on. He's already made an all-star team. He also looked very impressive in the playoffs. One of those guys whose game translates really well. Just very elite shot-making um, and could really score on anyone whenever he wanted. Um, and then they've got even younger guys like Herb Jones, Trey Murphy the III, um, I think, or even Al- Al- Alvarado. Um, all-, all guys that could uh, potentially improve. I know Willie Green's been raving about Her- Herb Jones, um, and he was last year too, and he was right about that. So I don't see why um, he wouldn't be right about it again this time. Uh, I really I like what Murphy brings as well. I think he could be, uh, take a step up this year. They also got some valuable playoff experience last year, which they really had none of before, um, and I'm sure McCollum helped with um, that, but the rest of the team didn't have a ton, so it was good for them to get that. And then I'm just a big Willie Green fan. Just what I saw from him in the playoffs, he had his team well-coached. He made adjustments. He had them um, peaking at the right time. Um, he, they were annoying the shit out of the Suns, trust me. So I I think he's a great coach, and I think he's going to be successful for a long time. As far as reasons for pessimism, I don't love their starting defense outside of Herb Jones. McCollum's obviously a subpar defender. Um, Zion has had his struggles on that end, and Ingram has the tools to be a good defender, but hasn't always taken that side of the ball seriously since he's been in New Orleans. He was really good as a defender with the Lakers towards uh, the end of his stint there, but... Since he's been more of a go-to scorer, he's uh, deprioritized that side of the ball. And then Valanciunas is fine, but he's just a uh, decent rim protector, but not versatile enough to guard guys on the perimeter. So they have some potential to uh, struggle on that end with that unit, but they've got guys on the bench that can make up for it. Larry Nance is a solid defender. Alvarado has shown that he can be a very effective guy in the playoffs. Um, and so, yeah, along with Herb Jones, obviously, is extremely good defender and could be all, all defense as soon as the season. Also, if Herb Jones' shot last year was a little bit more consistent, and I think most people expected it to be, but if it's it doesn't stay that way, then they really could be at a shooting um, deficit with their starting lineup as well. Uh, McCollum can shoot, obviously, ingram can shoot but he's more of a mid-range guy um not going to shoot a ton of threes Um, and then zion's not a shooter Uh, valanchunas is not a shooter and so if if herb jones isn't making shots then they might struggle uh, on that in that department but they do have a lot of guys on the bench that can shoot trey murphy's a great shooter devontae graham can shoot even alvarado is um, better than most people would give him credit for so Zion also obviously can be a little fragile. He's missed a lot of time. It's all, always going to be an injury um, concern with him uh, until we see him just be consistently healthy for a long period of time. Um, and then the fit with Valanciunas and Zion could be somewhat questionable. Um, him and Steven Adams was not a very good fit because he was clogging the lane. Valanciunas is not super different from that. Um But at least he can shoot a little bit on the perimeter so he could be outside some. So hopefully it's a little bit of a better fit, but we'll have to see. Uh, I'm not overly concerned about that, but just something to bring up. In terms of their ceiling, do I think they could finish with the top four seed if everything went right? I definitely do. Um, It wouldn't shock me if they had a Memphis-like leap last year. Um, Though I don't think they could be a one or two seed. I mean, they did win 36 games last year, so... were to get to memphis's total of 56 that'd be a 20 game leap which is pretty unprecedented for a team that doesn't um trade for a star but i don't know you could argue that they're kind of trading for a star by getting zion so um do i think there's they could win one playoff series Probably not if they're like a 7 or 8 seed like I have them, but if they were to have that best case where they're a 3 or 4 seed, they might get a little bit easier of a first-round matchup, and then maybe they could win one series, but nothing beyond that. I think they're still years away from that. For their floor, I would be pretty shocked if they missed the play-in unless they have major injuries, Um, but I certainly think it would be on the table for them to make the play-in and lose in the play-in. So fall short of the playoffs, not off the table for this team in terms of their floor. So next, um, with the nine seeds, the first team to not be in the playoffs, I have the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, They were a really, really tough exclusion. I don't want this to come off as necessarily a knock on the T-Wolves. I think all of these top nine teams are really good. Um, And I think that probably the Warriors, Suns, Nuggets, and Clippers, I'd be shocked if they missed the playoffs. but. Any of the other teams, the five through nine, could really finish in any order, and it wouldn't totally, totally shock me. Um, I think the Wolves are improved from last year in terms of just their overall roster, but other teams improved as well. I mean, the Pelicans got better. Um, the Grizzlies fell back, could fall back a little, but they were just so much better than last year. The Lakers appear better on paper. Um, Dallas should be about the same, and then the Nuggets and Clippers appear way better than last year. So... It's just tough um and so someone had to be the odd man out and unfortunately i do think it's going to be them so they won 46 games last year i have them winning 45 this year so right about the same sort of range of um record as last season in terms of their roster quite a bit of turnover they did sign kyle anderson they obviously had the blockbuster deal for rudy gobert Um, They filled out their bench with a bunch of um, lesser free agents like Austin Rivers, Bryn Forbes, Eric Paschal. But then they were able to keep Jaden McDaniels from the trade. So they did obviously lose some guys. Pat Beverly's gone. Um, Jared Vanderbilt as well. Those guys both uh, played big minutes for this team last year. Um, And those were two of their starters last season. So, In terms of reasons for optimism gobert should obviously improve their defense right away um he's been i mean i was gonna say one up but it's hard to argue that he hasn't been obviously the best defender in the league in the past for the past five seasons he's got i think three defensive players of the year um his team has been no lower than the sixth seed um over the past four or five years and largely due to because him um, <laughs> Additionally, Anthony Edwards could take a big leap this year. We've seen guys in their second or third year, that's kind of the sweet spot for um, when they get to that all-star level. We don't see a ton of guys that wait till six or seven year to get to that um, level of play. So this could be the year for him if it's ever going to happen. And I really liked what I saw out of him, particularly in the playoffs. Um, he was – yeah, he just looks solid, and I, I'm a fan of him. I was not – high on him coming out of college but i think i was uh probably wrong on that front he, he looks really good also towns probably won't be relied on so much for rim protection i know the defense has been an issue for him in the past so the gobert uh trade should help with that and then i did think kyle anderson was a um, relatively good signing for them as a fit starter on the team so reasons for pessimism i'm not sure how the twin tower lineup is going to look I actually don't think that they've had any games that they played together in the preseason so far, so we haven't had a chance to look at it. But it'll be interesting um, with the two seven-footers. I think on defense, I don't know how it's going to be just because Towns having to guard fours could be difficult on some teams because a lot of guys who are playing four these days are more of a true small forward, um, and they're playing a little small, whereas they're the opposite, and he's a true center playing big. So I don't know. He might struggle there. I also think with the two big guys, it's a lot of points of attack for guards um, on this team or places where they can attack the big guys and switch them. So that does concern me a teeny bit at least. Um, additionally, I hate D'Angelo Russell. <laughs> no, I don't hate him. I just hate him as a starting point guard on a playoff team. I think he'd be a phenomenal sixth man. Um, or he can... Average 25 on a 23-win team if you want. But I just the playoffs last year was just a perfect example. I mean, the dude was taking stupid shot after stupid shot in important moments um, when he shouldn't be taking those... Not only should he not be the one shooting in those uh, scenarios when you've got Edwards and Towns on the team, but also the types of shots he takes are bad. So he's not a good distributor. He's a huge liability on defense. And so I am just... Any team with him, I think, has a very clear ceiling on it. I also just really don't like their bench or depth. I went through the, the guys earlier, but Rivers, uh, Forbes, Pascal, Prince, and McDaniels, I'm not I'm not loving that as a 5 through 10, to be honest with you. I think McDaniels is a fine player. Pascal and Prince are kind of redundant. Not great shooters, can score a little bit, but bad on defense. And then Forbes shoots, but that's all he can do, and Rivers is just is what he is at this point, so... If they were to sustain an injury, I think they could uh, definitely struggle a bit um, just because of their depth. And they don't really have a lot of uh, assets to trade to potentially improve on that front. In terms of their ceiling, I know I have them as the nine seed, but I think the, the West is so fluid, I would not be shocked if they were the 3 or four seed at all. I, if they win 53 games and look much better with uh, defensively because of Gobert, and the fit with Towns looks good. Totally would not shock me, um, not at all. Especially with uh, Edwards potentially taking a leap. And I, th- but I do think they're ceiling there would probably be second round exit. They haven't won a playoff series with this group yet. They've only had one playoff uh, appearance with it, really. So, I think they got to go through the growing pains there. I think they could win a series, similarly to uh, the Pelicans. Like I said, only if they're probably in that three seed and get like a, a easier first round matchup, but. I don't think they're going to beat two very very tough uh, West playoff teams um, this season. In terms of their floor, this probably is their floor. Um, Play-in team that falls short is where I have them. Um, And that's, yeah, that's their floor. I don't think they'll fall below this. Like I said, I do think they are a very good team, but someone had to fall here. Coming in at the 10th seed, so this will be the final uh, play-in team i have the sacramento kings at 39 and 43 um they were pretty bad last year 31 team um, but i think they'll be pretty improved this year i think there's opportunity for them to finally seek in the plan i know they've been trying <laughs> for a few years now um and they've had they've gotten pretty close not really that close to the playoffs but they've contended i think one year they were uh, hovering around 500 for most of the year before falling short but regardless in terms of their team this season and how it looks different they added kevin herter um, malik monk they also drafted keegan murray who is going to play big minutes for them this year as well Um, i think they added kent Bazemore as well and then they Lost Justin Holiday as well as Dante DiVincenzo and then some other minor players. But I really liked their offseason additions. I think Herder, Monk, and Murray are going to help this team a ton. Herder and Monk are both really good shooters and they had a lot of guards on the roster that were not very good shooters. Fox is not a good shooter. De- Davion Mitchell is not a good shooter. So I think having guys to offset that is going to be really important i also really like the fit with herder next to fox because he's a um, can actually handle the ball a little bit as well and be a little bit of a playmaker Um, but um, he's got size so mitchell can do that too but he's undersized but herders can definitely guard uh, two guards a lot better than mitchell probably can at that size and certainly better than malik monk can also it looks like keegan murray was uh, a hit it's hard to say um, when it's only been summer league and preseason, but he won summer league MVP. He is the leading scorer for the Kings in the preseason so far. He's shooting an absurd 70% from not only the field, but also from three-point range. So, yeah, he looks like he's going to be good. I, he, I mean, I don't project him to be an all-star like right away or anything like that, or maybe not even ever. But um, he at least looks like a competent, good NBA player that can make threes. He's even been handling the ball a little bit, which I was not something I expected. Um, And if he can be solid defensively for this team, he's going to be a really, really useful NBA player with a long career. Also, they'll have a full season of Sabonis now. I think he's one of the more underrated players in the leagues. Um, He has been a 20, 12, and 6 guy for the past uh, few seasons now. He's got multiple all-star appearances. He's been the best player on a playoff team. He's just really good. He, he's he's not phenomenal on defense, but he's a great passer for his size. Um, really good back-to-the-basket guy, elite rebounder. Um, and him and Fox looked really good with each other on offense last year. Um, and I think he's going to be a good fit next to Murray and those shooters as well. And overall, I just really like their top seven, eight guys way more than I've liked any Kings team <laughs> in a long time. But reasons for pessimism. They are the Kings. They have the longest playoff drought um, in American sports right now. Um, It's now that the the Mariners stuck into the uh, playoffs this year in uh, the MLB. Um, But yeah, I mean, they've been poorly run. They've been poorly coached. They've had bad rosters uh, for the past 10-15 years consistently. So, I like the roster. Mike Brown hasn't been head coach in a while. He's had mixed results over the years. So, we'll see um, how good he can be and then Um, Yeah, I got questions a little bit about their defense as well. Sabonis is not a great defender. Fox doesn't seem to want to engage at all on that end, even though he might have the tools to do so. Um, Barnes is a fine defender. Keegan Murray, we don't know yet, but we'll see. He's got some tools, but also could be um, a little slow-footed, potentially, uh, depending on who he's guarding. And then uh, Herder's fine, but... Monk is not a good defender. Bazemore certainly is not. Rashawn Holmes can uh, guard big men, but he could be a liability on guard. So they've had defensive issues over the years, and so I don't see why um, they didn't make any major additions that are going to necessarily help uh, significantly in that department. Also, I mean, the West is just super tough. Um, it's going to be hard for them. I really think the play-in is probably their ceiling. Um Though I do think there's a world where they could sink into the playoffs. I think they could be a nine or 10 seed. Um, and you never know in those games, all, all you gotta do is win one or two. So, but I think that's their absolute ceiling. It would be an eight seed um, and, and not, yeah. I don't think they're gonna do it and they would lose first round for sure if they did. Um, for their floor, it's not a great floor. Their floor would be missing the play-in, and they'd be too good for a top pick, but too bad for a play-in spot. So not where you want to be, but it certainly is not um, off the table. It's where they've been the past few years, and they're clearly trying to compete by adding Sabonis um, and guys like Herter and stuff like that. So, But I don't think they're as far off as they have been in past years, so we will see. Okay, so now we're getting to the non-play-in teams. I'm going to go a little faster through these. I'm sure people are not... I'm dying to hear all about um, how good I think the Thunder are going to be this year. (laughs) But coming in at the 11th seed, I've got the Blazers at 37-45. and Um, I talked about them on my last podcast. I'm not a fan of this team. I think they have some stuff offensively that they uh, could uh, work with, but I'm extremely worried for their defense. So just to recap, they added Jeremy Grant. They still have Josh Hart back um, from that midseason trade last year. They signed Gary Payton. They drafted Shadon Sharp. Um, and they should be getting Nasir Little back from his injury. But um, reasons for optimism. Damian Lillard is back. Um, he's been a top 15 player for the past five years in the NBA now, if not longer. Um, and if not better, I mean, he might have squeaked into the top 10 at some points throughout there. Um, But, yeah, he's really good. Um, Hopefully his injuries uh, haven't made him decline or anything like that. I know he's getting a little up there in age. But he's really good. And him being back should instantly make this offense way, way better. um, Another reason is at least they didn't just run it back. I know for years we were begging them to not run it back, blow it up somehow. It's like the jazz as well the last few years. But um, at least they didn't do that finally. So... (laughs) Who knows? Uh, with the uh, Jeremy Grant, Fint, um, Anthony Simons should be full time starter at this point. Um, they've got some other new pieces. It could. It'll be interesting to see how it fits. But, um, but reasons for pessimism. As I said, they should be probably one of the worst defensive teams in the league. Simons, Anthony Simons is one of the worst defensive players in the entire league, if not the worst defender. He's undersized. Um, And with him and Dame in the backcourt, they're going to be at a constant disadvantage having to guard a a bigger two-guard with really two-point guard-sized players that aren't even good at guarding point guards. So um, Dame as well is getting up there in age, and he's been declining on the defensive end particularly significantly over the last few years. Um, And then Nurkic is not what he used to be defensively. um, Very slow-footed, can't guard um, in a versatile way really at all. They also have not a ton of scoring outside their top three. Um, Payton's not really a big scorer. Josh Hart can score, but he's not, it's not necessarily his, his strength. Um, and then their bench, I don't know who's going <laughs> to... I just hate their bench. Um, I like Nessir Little as a, as a role player. Shadon Sharp, I think, is um, going to be a really good player, but he just hasn't played enough basketball recently to realistically be an actual contributor to a team this year. Gary Payton is... A total zero on offense um, and really hasn't even been anything than a fringe roster guy until last season. And he's already almost 30 years old. So Justice Winslow has bounced around a million teams. So I, they don't even really have any established backup big men. So I'm out on the Blazers. 37 wins. It's not like they're going to be god awful, but I'm um, not a fan. And so with that, um, at the 12th seed, we have the Utah Jazz. I have them finishing with a 25-57 and 57 record. This is probably the biggest roster returner of anyone in the whole league. They obviously traded away their two best players. Um, they still have a few players from last year. Mike Conley, uh, Jordan Clarkson, Rudy Gay. Uh, but <laughs> that's really it. Um, they acquired Colin Sexton. Jared Vanderbilt, Laurie Markinen, Talon Horton Tucker, um, and another of other uh, bench guys that they'll have this season. So, oh, and they uh, got Kelly Olynyk as well, who's probably going to be their starting center. So, reasons for optimism, not a ton. Um, <laughs> they're going to be bad. They want to be bad. So, there's not much optimism in terms of winning, but there is reason for optimism in terms of uh, tanking. So. They've got a few more veterans to trade. Um, that they could probably get real assets for in Clarkson and Conley, um, and maybe even um, Malik Beasley as well, or Linux or Markin. Who knows? They might trade Sexton. I don't know what they <laughs> what they want to do. Um, but until they trade some of those guys, they'll at least be watchable. I mean, Sexton and Markin. And I think will probably both put put up um, big stats, um, and then they should be bad enough to potentially compete for a top two pick. But reasons for pessimism is that if they don't trade all those guys soon enough, I think they're probably going to be slightly a tier above the, the bottom feeders, which means they would be hard pressed to get a um, top two pick, which is obviously everyone's goal for this upcoming season. If you're not competing for a playoff spot. So in terms of their ceiling, maybe they compete for a play-in for at least uh, early in this year before falling off. Um, And then their floor is they could have the worst record in the NBA. Um, if they trade all their guys so and the next team same boat houston rockets 13 seed going 20 and 62 um i originally had the rockets winning more games but then i thought about it some more and i really think there's going to be teams just tanking tanking, taking like crazy this year uh, for ambayama and scoot henderson so i probably would have had them closer to 30 wins but i think that they're going to be bad, obviously, and towards the end of the year, they're going to be incentivized to lose. So I, I don't hate their roster, honestly. Um, Jabari Smith, who they obviously drafted, is going to be a big part of not only this year, but uh, the foreseeable future. Uh, Tari Eason uh, was another draft pick they had about in the mid-first round. He looked really good in summer league and has looked really good in preseason, too. So I think he's going to be very solid and maybe a steal from this draft. Also, I uh, was a fan of uh, Shen Gun last year, the center they drafted uh, two years ago. He's going to finally be in the starting lineup. I think he could put up some decent stats. Um, and then they've got some other interesting pieces with um, Kevin Porter Jr., Jay Sean Tate, Kenny Martin Jr., Josh Christopher, and then obviously Jalen Green, who could average 20, 25 points per game this year um, if he takes a, a step up. In terms of optimism, same as the Jazz. Um not much from a winning perspective, but they've got a lot of interesting guys um, that I think that they should be optimistic about. I think Green, Smith, Shangoon, Porter, um, Eason, all guys that they should be uh, feel good about moving forward. Reasons for pessimism, obviously they're not contenders, so um, they're years away and they'll probably tank uh, for most of the year. Same ceiling and floor, I said, for the Jazz. They could maybe uh, compete for a playing spot for part of the year, but I think they would eventually fall off, and their floor is certainly the worst record in the NBA. Next, we have the San Antonio Spurs. Um, same thing as the Rockets. Probably was going to have them with more wins because I think Popovich is going to juice um, everything out of that team. But then I thought about it, and I was like, hmm, I wonder why Popovich hasn't retired yet. Uh, and I think he might be holding out to see if they can get Wimbayama. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they uh, don't get him that then he retires. (laughs) Um, And then if they get him, I mean, he's got to at least see it through for a little bit, so. But they traded away their star player in DeJounte Murray. um, Didn't really get any players back in return for it. um, Just salary fillers and picks. So largely the same team other than that with just a lot of their uh, middling younger players. They don't really have any, like, really promising prospects. Um, Devin Vassell and Keldon Johnson have looked pretty good. They're interesting. Trey Jones has looked meh, but he should get more of an opportunity this year. Um, In terms of the rookies, they got Jeremy Sohan, Malachi Branham. um, And then from the year before, they got Josh Primo as well. So they've got some guys, but no one that's really shown that they could maybe turn into a star. But obviously that, that could change this year, but we'll see. Um, same as the last two teams, though. Their ceiling is definitely um, competing for a play-in team before falling off, and their floor is worst record in the NBA. But, I mean, I will say that their, <laughs> their ceiling is really, like, worst record in the NBA because I'm sure that's what they want coming into this season. And lastly, with the 15 seed in the Western Conference, we have the... Lowly Oklahoma City Thunder at 16 and 66. So, I think a lot of people are going to pick the Spurs to be worse than the Thunder, but I don't agree just because Shagel, just Alexander, is already injured. He's going to miss the start of the year. I'm sure they're not going to be in any rush to get him back. Um, Chet Holgerman is out for the year already as well. Um, So, Josh Goody is their best player with SGA out. And then after that, I don't even know who it is. (laughs) Um, Lou Dort, I guess, but he's not a scorer, obviously. Uh, I don't know. They got a bunch of nobodies on this roster, a lot of projects. um, And those guys should continue to progress. So the, they've got guys that are interesting a little bit more than the Spurs in terms of like higher ceilings. Um, But I think a lot of these guys got lower floors as well. So bad roster overall. I think the only real worry for them this year is that is the SGA thing. So either he gets unhappy just because they're losing so much or he's not playing, or he's playing and he's good enough where he's actually uh, making them a little better than they want to be. So, But same ceiling and floor, um, likely competing for the worst record in the NBA for the upcoming season. So now I've played out my standings you know where i think everyone will finish how many wins they will have what the record will be so now i'm going to go through my uh playoff picks based on the top eight seeds i have um warriors versus pelicans i'm going to take the warriors that's pretty obvious clippers over grizzlies i'm very high in the clippers i think they handle the grizzlies pretty easily um, especially with the grizzlies maybe not having as good of a year The Nuggets and Lakers, I think that'd be a very fun and interesting series. Um, If LeBron and AD are fully, fully healthy, I might pick the Lakers, but I'm going to assume that at least one of them is banked up at that point in the season. And so I will take the Nuggets as well. Suns and Mavericks rematch of last season. Um, I think both teams are maybe a little worse on paper this year, Um, but I think the Suns have more assets to potentially improve by then. So I'm going to pick the Suns again. I also think that the Suns probably beat that team, and if they play a series 10 times, they probably win it seven or eight times, and that was just one of the two two or three that the Mavericks might win. So I think the Suns are a better team. Second round, Suns and Warriors. I think I would take the Warriors, but I think that would be a hard-fought series um, and one that would be very fun to watch. I, was, I think a lot of people were hoping that was the series we were going to get last year in the conference finals. Nuggets and Clippers, I'm going to take the Clippers. I think Kawhi and Paul George are just going to be a little bit too much, and Denver's not going to have the um, defenders to stay with them in the same level of star power. And then in the conference finals, Clippers versus Warriors, I am going to take the Clippers in a slight upset over the Warriors. Um, assuming they're fully healthy, I think they have the best roster in the NBA. I think Kawhi Leonard will reestablish himself as a top five player in the NBA. And I also just don't i don't see the Warriors repeating this season just based on how um, much better the rest of the league is. I think they had sort of an easy-ish path to the finals last year, playing a Nuggets team that was undermanned. Um, then John Morant missed time in that series against Memphis. And then playing the Mavericks, who were clearly a little in over their head uh, being in the Western Conference Finals at that point. So... Thank you so much for listening. I'm going to hold off on my finals pick until um, I drop the Eastern Conference preview and prediction that will come out uh, shortly this week as well. But keep an eye out for that. Um, Would love to hear any feedback anyone has in terms of my picks and would like to hear what you guys think for this upcoming season in the West as well. Thanks again. Talk to you soon.